wrap up our final eternal uh, series of follow. Today is the final episode. And uh, if you're here for the first time, you're coming in at the end of the movie, that's okay. Do not fear because the website is here. Okay, you can go back to our website and you can uh, look at our lighthousecoc.com and you can watch all eight, including today, of our APAR series on follow. And really, really important uh, that we get this because it's been life-changing for me. And uh, the good news is it's going to be there for as long as I think the internet is going to be there. So you can go back. And uh, what we've been asking is this question about what does it mean to follow Jesus? So in about two minutes, I'm going to give you guys a review of the first seven parts. You ready? Okay, so we're going to speed date, all right, all the information that we've got, the highlights and insights. Uh, the first thing is that everybody is invited to follow Jesus. doesn't matter what life state, your background, your religion, your age. doesn't matter. Everybody is invited to follow Jesus, uh, no matter what your background is, no matter what your lifestyle is like. And it's an invitation to a relationship, not to a list of things to do, not to an institution, not to a religion. It's a relationship. And Jesus talks about this. We talked about that in part two, that it's a relationship with, you, with your heavenly father. Uh, and so that, that's, that's important to know. Also, another thing is you may think, well, I, you know, my lifestyle and who I am and what I've done, I'm not sure it fits with following Jesus. Jesus says sinners, to be a sinner is a prerequisite to follow Jesus. In fact, you have to be a sinner in order to follow Jesus. All the people who follow Jesus were sinners. Well, you know, and you say, well, I've got some doubts. Well, that doesn't disqualify you either. In fact, having doubts is a prerequisite to following Jesus. Jesus. So uh, all these things. And then uh, and the, 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 the third class we looked at is what's the goal of following Jesus? Jesus is inviting us into an overwhelming faith, meaning it's such an overwhelming faith that it can, it can squash our fears. All of us live gripped with fear in one way or another about something that's going on in our life. And Jesus is saying, hey, listen, follow me, and I'm going to introduce you to an overwhelming faith that will squash your fears. And you can have a solid rock to live on. Then uh, the, the number six we looked at was, what do Christians wear? Do you know that Christians, real Christians, real followers, they all wear the same clothes? And we talked about Chick Flick PG. How many of you have uh, repeated in the last few days, uh, last week, Chick Flick PG? I know I have. I had to repeat it over and over this past week. Really, really helpful. Put on your Jesus follower clothes. If you don't know what that means, then you got to go back and watch it. Sorry. And then the thing we looked at a couple weeks ago was following Jesus costs you something. Salvation is free, but following Jesus will cost you something. And then the last thing that we looked at last week was followers are great leaders. Followers are great leaders because they leverage their, their position, their authority for the benefit of those under their authority. And we talked about they make great leaders. And so today, we're going to close out, I thought, to Jesus and his church. And you go away, and everything's changed. Or that promotion that you get. You know, the one where you are making a whole lot of money, that incredible job opportunity where you really don't have any time anymore. But man, let me tell you, you go from here to here in your economy. Time of transition. And see, most people, they don't leave the faith. They don't unfollow Jesus because they have doubts whether it's true. They don't question whether it's true. 
The primary reason people unfollow Jesus is because things have changed. What was once important with their environment, with their friends, with their crew, they're isolated. They feel alone in their faith. And so they unfollow Jesus. Another time is this. Time of relationships. See, it's not only transitional, it's relational. Let me describe it. He's so cute. He's so cute. <laughs> Have you seen the car he has? Do you know how popular? He's the, he's the starting quarterback. He's the homecoming king. And see, there's only one problem with him. He's not a Christian. And so my Christianity now is getting in the way of this relationship. And I don't know if I'll be able to find another guy like him. Or if you're a guy, she's so, she's so. There's a, there's a lot of so, whole lot of so. And she's not a Christian, but she's beautiful. I mean, she's knockout beautiful. Hey, here's the way I look at it. Anybody be, can become a Christian, but not everybody can be beautiful. <laughs> and so right now, I'm going to focus on, right? Hey, now, I know, I know that, you know, you may not say that, but you think it, right? And you think about another time in your life, and it's tough times. And some of you might be in that tough time right now. Let me describe for you a tough time is I've been praying. I'm here at church. I've been doing my thing. And God doesn't seem to be answering. He's not, he's not helping with me. He's not, he's not corresponding with me. He's not answering my prayers. I'm doing my thing, but it just seems like God's not paying attention. It's hard. Maybe a sickness. Maybe a broken relationship. Maybe a hard situation. You know, and I'm doing my thing, and God's not answering my prayers when I need him. That's what it seems like. And there's a whole lot of pain. See, because when you're in pain, when you're in tough times, when there's so much pain, it blinds you. You can't see anything but the pain. And you'll do anything to get away from the pain. You will make irrational decisions because of pain. Pain that's close to home. I wanted to share this story because for me in my time in my life where I hit this was 20 years ago. When my dreams had been realized. This is a photograph of Sao Paulo, Brazil. And we moved there in 1990 and became missionaries. Newly married, five months married. And I'm down there for a month or two. And this, this, this picture here, it seemed like this went on forever. More than 20 million people. You know what you feel like in a city this size? That. We're learning a new language. 
I, I felt like a three-year-old most of the time because I'm, I sound ridiculous when I'm talking because I, I'm like a little kid. I can't say the words right. I get the grammar all backwards, and you feel ridiculous. You feel stupid. And let me just say, if you want to learn a language from scratch, it's hard. This is on the other side of the planet. All my relationships, everybody that I knew, and it was my dream to be a missionary. But I came to the realization that Man, this is hard. And not only that, the people that live here are poor. They're very poor. We think poor people here in the United States, we have no idea. And then I started to ask myself my, the question, is, is, am I ready to do this for the rest of my life? Did I really sign up for this? Me and my newlywed wife? I mean, I don't know. And I was just flooded with doubts. See, because we didn't go there for a, like a week or a... No, we were going there. It was in our minds. We were going there for a long time. We're going to plant our flag here. We're going to have children here. We're going to raise here. We're going to be missionaries. We may even die here. And I'm like, I don't know. So it was so painful and so, so hard that I started to ask questions. And I said... I, can't, I don't know if I can imagine being here. I don't know if I see myself here. I mean, raise children in this environment. And so I even questioned my even being in the ministry. And then I started thinking of an alternative plan. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I got connections back in my hometown. And, and this, this, is, this, is, this is a huge city. I came from a place of less than 100,000 people. You knew everybody's name, and there was no traffic, and it was green grass, trees, fresh air. This was overcrowded to the max, and it wasn't my language, it wasn't my culture, and I was feeling it. And I remember I was tempted to hit the unfollow button. But it's in this moment, and I want you guys to understand, Peter, James, John, Andrew, all of them, Bartholomew, all of them who were this close to Jesus, this close to Jesus, had moments of doubt. That was my moment of doubt. And I'm sure you've had your moment of doubt. So it was in this very moment that Peter... He says something. You know, a lot of times Peter had the reputation for saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. But this time, Peter said something brilliant. I mean, he just, boom, said something that just, I believe if we can consider this in our time, and I hope you can just like write this down, put it on a plaque in the wall, put it on your, your homepage, whatever you have to, this, this question you will need. And you may need it today. And if you're a guest here today, you may need it today because you've got to ask yourself this question. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? What are my options, Jesus? I mean, I know it's hard. I know the situation isn't working out the way we wanted, but what are my options? You mean go back to fishing? Go back to my family business? 
and the smell and the, and, the, and, the, and the pointless work that it is. I mean, Jesus, you introduced us to something eternal. You introduced us to living, living a life worth living. And Peter recognized some people never see until it's too late. What are you living for? Who are you living for? And the sad reality is, this is where most people find themselves. It's too late. See, because once you decide to unfollow Jesus, you go down that road and you can't go back and redo what you already did. See, things spin out of control and damage is done. And you may be able to restore your relationship with Jesus, but the carnage in the wake, it stays. So the best thing for us to do is before we hit the unfollow button is to ask the question that Peter asked, Lord, to whom shall we go? Whom shall we follow? And when you choose not to follow Jesus, here's the thing. When you choose not to follow Jesus, you choose to follow someone or something else. I don't know if you really thought about that something or someone else. See, because all we're dealing with right now is not Jesus, then who? If not Jesus, then who? If not Christianity, then what? See, we don't get that far down the road. And it's significant. What are you going to hook your wagon to? Who are you going to live for? And this is, this is so insightful of Peter because he did the math. He went and he calculated. He, he, he looked at all of his options. He went back to Capernaum. He went back to the business. And he went back to his life and asked the question, how does this compare, Jesus? You, you've introduced us to eternity. You've exposed that this life, we're like a mist. We're going to be gone. You've opened our eyes, Jesus. And so Jesus continues, and Peter says this. He says, your words have eternal life. I mean, is this new ven venture, is it eternal? Is this... Is this is this going to be something that's going to last you forever? I mean, think about that. See, a lot of us don't like to talk or think in these terms, but Peter did. Peter did. Because Jesus had introduced something amazing. And here maybe what Jesus, Peter was thinking is, Jesus, you gave me something to live for. I didn't have anything to live for before. And Jesus, baby Peter said this, I'd rather die for something than live for nothing. I mean, what am I living for? What's this all going to come to? What's it going to end? Yeah, the car, the clothes, the career, the children, the house, all that. And then you die and that's it? And you think by you're gonna just going to pull the insurance card out and say, oh, yeah, Jesus, because I go to church once in a while. And I have him in my heart. Now, here's the deal. Jesus knows the game that you're playing. You're not following Jesus. You're following what you want. 
See, this is, this is how serious it was for the apostles because they were in a moment of tension. See, they weren't in fitting in with the crowd anymore, and there was, it was negative, it was hard. And you've got to understand this, following Jesus sometimes, there's so many benefits, but there are times when it's really hard. And that's what he was focused on. So what are you living for? Really? Well, let's look at it this way. I'm so glad I quit following the Savior of the world in order to follow fill in the blank. I quit following Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, so I can be with her. Jesus, have you seen her? Have you seen how beautiful she is? And Jesus would say, yeah, but how long is she going to be beautiful? How about in 25 years? Will she be beautiful then? See, you and I, we're like, we're, we're so focused on the here and now. We get lost, and Jesus is trying to invite us into something so much deeper, so much more significant, with so much more meaning. We've got to think about these things. And if you're a guest here today, I, I hope you have the depth and width, the bandwidth to get what we're talking about. Because you don't want to wait till it's too late. Oh, Jesus. No, 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 no. You were there. It was the moment and the time, and you unfollowed Jesus. You didn't have time. Yeah, but Jesus is so full of love, and he's the God of love. Yes, but you didn't love him. This isn't about Jesus. This is about you. He invited you. He, he, invi he gave you the invitation. You turned it away. Now you want to turn it back. The reality is it's going to be too late. Look in verse 69. Jesus continues, or Peter continues, we have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Peter said, we've seen too much. I've seen too much. Have you stopped and thought about what you've seen, what's happened in your life, what he, God has done, what he's introduced you to? Do you realize? Peter did. Jesus, I, I believe in you. You're the one. And maybe, maybe somebody came up to Peter and said, Peter, but you don't know where Jesus is going. You don't know how this is going to turn out. You're right. But I know. I know what Jesus is about, and I'm standing by him. But Peter, it seems like God has abandoned you. Yeah, it seems that way, but that doesn't necessarily mean he has abandoned me. It just seems that way. See, and you and I are emotional. We're up and down and in and out. I, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I need Jesus because it would be a mess if I was in and out like this. So here's the question I want to leave you with. You're going to take one phrase, put it in your phone, write it on your notebook, put it on the inside of your Bible. When you face the difficult time in your life, when you face the crisis, the tough time, the relational temptation, 
the challenge, here's what you need to ask. And let's say it together. To whom shall I go? One more time. To whom shall I go? That's what you need to ask. If not Jesus, who? If not Christianity, then what? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. And, you know, my teacher, she's so much smarter than me, and the professor in college is so much smarter than me. Let me tell you about professors, okay, because I remember. They will undermine and question your faith in an auditorium. But just because they have PhDs and MSs after their name does not make them. They may be smarter than you, but they are not wiser than you. And I knew this in college. I said, that guy, he's got, he's got the brains. I don't have all that. But I look at his life, and I go, I don't want that life. I don't want the dead end that he's going down. I want to have a marriage and a family and a life that's built on something of substance. Not inflammation of the cranium. Because it's worthless. It's worthless. I mean, have you really stopped and thought, got down on your hands and knees and pick up a, a, a piece of dirt and just said, this is how I'm going to end up. And Jesus is inviting us to live above and beyond that. See, if you unfollow Jesus, you go down. You go backwards. It's an incredible backward step. So to whom shall we go? And here's, here's the deal. Transition, temptation, and trouble create questions. Always. Always, always create questions. But just because you have questions doesn't mean there's not answers. There are answers. Well, I need them now. Hey, they're not available right now. You've got you've to give God a chance to show you. I take this back to 20 years ago in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and I decided... I did the evaluation. I looked at it and I said, if I do this, then there's this, and then there's this. No, I'm staying with Jesus. And I'm going to ride this out. Fast forward 20 years later. I got to tell you, I am so, so, so glad I didn't hit the unfollow button. Wow. What I would have missed what my family would have missed, what other people would have missed. And this is just the beginning. These last 20 years is nothing compared to what God has in store for his followers. This is huge. You know, and again, it looks like God has abandoned you. Yeah, it looks like. That doesn't mean he has. Transition, temptation, and troubles create questions, but consider, considering the options brings clarity. Stop. Is he worth it? Is your glory worth living for? Absolutely not. 
I mean, you may think you're a big deal, but like we talked about a few weeks ago, five years after you're gone, who are you? Who's going to remember you? Your life will be gone. And Jesus is saying, let me invite you into an eternal significance. And not only do we get to be a part of that, we get to help other people be a part of that. Let me show you another passage because the unfollow button, I've made it kind of sound like, you know, you're in and out, but, but it happens subtly for some of us. We don't come out and hit the unfollow button. We subtly kind of slide and maybe tap it a little bit. And how does that happen? Well, you know, we, we kind of like the, the, one of the apostles, maybe he was feeling, we slip out the back. We, we slow down in our devotion to God and his church, and we, we attend less, we give less, we can become isolated and independent. We show up for church once in a while, or we go to an online church. See, that's not what it's for. It's for people who are sick or you're traveling. It's an exception, but it's not. Or this other idea that people have is, well, I'm going to keep on following Jesus, just not here. If not here, then where? Oh, well, there's, there's a place down the street, or there's this, or there's that. And let me tell you, I have seen this so many times where people make these great promises. No, I'm not leaving God. I'm just leaving this group in this church. And then the story plays out. And they left God. They left their husband. They left their wife. They left their family. And it's a train wreck. All because they said, no, I'm just, I'm taking a break from God and church or from church. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what, what Jesus, the apostles told about Jesus' church. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Now, I want you to imagine, what would it look like if Jesus' members of his body were spread all over the field out there? Got a hand over here, a foot over there, and they're just spread all over instead of connected. What's Jesus' desire? That we will be connected. And some of you are not connected. And you're slowly, slowly slipping away. And if you're not careful, you're going to unfollow Jesus by default. I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. And there's even people that you know in the church right now that they are slipping away or have slipped away. And they, oh, I'm going over here. I'm, I'm checking this out. I'm checking that out. It's just a matter of time. Let's get down to the real deal. And here's the options. You, again, you've got to look at your options. Who is going to invest the time and the heart and the love like the people who you're connected to now? Well, the music's good over there, and the preaching's pretty good over there, too. It's not about that. You know, you know what's the ligaments of the church is your relationships. I mean, awesome, the music and the, and the preaching and everything else, but it's about the relationships. Some of you need to get reconnected. So here's the question. To whom shall I go? To whom shall I go? That pretty much sums it up. Here's a closing thought. and We've done this through the whole series as we wrap it up, the final episode. Salvation is free and costs you nothing. Following Jesus will cost you something. 
refusing to follow Jesus could cost you everything. And that is where we need to really consider the cost of unfollowing Jesus or not following Jesus. Is he or she, is it worth it? Are you ready to live your life for your career and for that bank account, for that retirement account? As for me, I'm like Peter. Where else, Jesus? Where else am I going to find? And I, I made this vow. I used to say it to myself over and over again before we even looked at this series, years and years ago, I made this vow to God. I said, God, I'm not going to let anything or anyone separate me from you or your church. And boy, I've had to repeat that vow over and over and over again. And I'm so glad that I stuck with that vow because it's kept me alongside. So I hope this series has helped you encourage you to go back and listen to it. And no matter what happens, like Peter, consider your options and ask yourself the question, is it worth it? Is he worth it? Is she worth it? Is it worth it? Let's pray and you'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the privilege that we have to hear your word. And God, thank you so much for the conversation that Jesus had with his disciples. Thank you for Peter and coming out with the incredible thought. To whom shall we go? God, I pray for our teens here in the house. I pray that you'll please put it on their hearts and engrave on their hearts that question. I pray for people that are going through transition. I pray for people that are being tempted in a relationship to look the other way. I pray for people that are going through tough times in our church, and there are many. God, I pray for them. I pray for all of us, God, that you'll help us to weather the storm and, and keep our focus on Jesus. God, I do pray for our friends that are far from you, those that have hit the unfollow button, and it's obvious, but they just don't know it. I pray for them that you'll help them to come back and that we'll help them to come back, that we'll ask the loving question of, so how's it going? And I, I just pray you'll make it evident to them. Father, thank you for the series, and I, I pray that each one of us can keep our eyes and our focus on following Jesus. We love you. Thank you. Bless the rest of our day and our week, and we look forward to what you're going to do in the future. Thank you for your promises. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. You're all dismissed. Have a great afternoon and a great week. We'll see you next week.